Welcome everyone to the brand new offshoot of our Gone with the Wind podcast called Gone with the Wind Contender Review, where we ask the question, could it have been a contender? In this series, we will be spending about an hour and change discussing, dissecting, and ultimately reviewing an awards contender every week with a rotating panel. In this inaugural episode, we take a look at Pablo Lorraine's Spencer. Thanks for listening, guys. Diana, they can't change. You have to change. You have to be able to do things you hate. You hate? There has to be two of you. It's the real one <laughs> and the one they take pictures of. Diana, for the good of the country. Set during the Christmas holiday season of 1991, Princess Diana is trapped with the royal family. During these three days, Diana is plagued with anxiety as the claustrophobia and constriction of the royal house begins to drown her. Diana must come to terms with the past, present, and the future before she loses her grip on her own reality. Directed by Pablo Lorraine, Spencer stars Kristen Stewart in what is being heralded as one of the best films of the year. But is it? Some of us agree. Some of us disagree. Hey everybody, this is Manning, the host of Gone with the Wind. We're doing something different and special. We're doing something along the lines of just kind of a review a week, focusing solely upon a movie and kind of dissecting it for about an hour with some special guests and some regular panelists. And today we have a special guest in Connor. Connor Lightbody, welcome, sir. Yeah, good morning, good afternoon, whatever time of the day it is over there. It is definitely the morning. It is 7.44 a.m. before I have to skedaddle in about less than an hour. So we're going to get less than an hour for this. But you know what? That's okay because we're going to get uh, uh, the ball rolling. Yes, we're going to get the ball rolling as soon as we possibly can, um, which is interesting because also Dan will be joining us very shortly. He's literally getting in from work and he is hopping on as soon as he possibly can, getting himself set up. Um, so we're going to go ahead and get started and he'll join us and pop in whenever. We talked about on the last episode you guessed it upon, and I wanted to bring you on this because we've, ever since I gave my quick spiel about Spencer when I saw it, and your immediately react, your immediate reaction was, "Oh, I disagree," and I'm like, "Do you?" Well, I mean, of course you, you disagree because my opinion is in the minority. Let me say, for those who follow film Twitter or just critics in general, this movie is being heralded as a very as a great film, as a great film. I was about to say God's gift to cinema, but people aren't saying that much so but still it's being heralded as a fantastic film and one of the best of the year and connor you agree correct uh yeah uh i do agree it's currently my favorite potentially tied with Titan, frankly uh but i've only seen either one once one disturbed me to no avail and the other one uh was spencer <laughs> i wonder what that one was uh <laughs> And Dan, you have finally joined us. We went ahead and got started, but it's only been two minutes, so you are just in time, sir. Yeah, I had a little bit of uh, computer problems. Ugh, we hate we hate technology, and we love it at the same time. So, uh, Dan just got back from work, so he is literally incredibly tired. So we appreciate Dan joining us for this less than a about forty five minute discussion on Spencer. We're doing something different, as I said. So, Dan, again, one of our regular panelists, a gone with the wind. Welcome, sir. I was just telling Connor over here. Um, um, I'm in the minority, of course, in my uh, thoughts upon Spencer, which I didn't really care for all that much. He is someone who calls it the best film of the year. Dan, I know you recently saw it as well, and you were in the positive side, correct? Yeah, I am uh, on the positive side. Um, it's not the best film of the year, uh, but it does have one of the best performances of the year, maybe the Oscar-winning performance of the year. I myself, I mean, just by a nudge, Give it to Jessica Chastain for the eyes of Tammy Faye as of right now. I mean, that's how close these two are. There's just one subplot or sub, I don't know, subtext or sub something going on in this movie that just knocks this movie down a little bit for me. That's why I gave it four out of five stars and not five stars or four and a half out of five stars. Mm -hmm. It's just, uh, but Kristen Stewart. I mean, wow. I mean, I've been singing her praises for years. I mean, decades. Decades. This woman has been a great actress. I mean, into the wild, I saw something in her, and I said, she is going to be a star. Then her next big thing she got was Twilight. And then everybody, now everybody shoehorns her and Robert Pattinson into this Twilight thing, and they don't realize what phenomenal actors these two are 
I mean, uh, personal shopper, clouds of Sils Maria. I mean, Kristen Stewart is amazing. She was in a horror movie last year. Uh, uh, Underwater. Underwater. Oh, I mean, she was great. That was that. fun. I loved Underwater. I mean, I mean, she played what's her name in a biopic, a different biopic um, last year as well. Seaberg. Seaberg. Yes. Not as good. Not. I'm, not as good. I'm currently doing an essay on Kristen Stewart. So. Oh. Yeah, not uh, Seaberg. I was looking forward to see Jane Seaberg, the Seaberg movie, because I was watching mm. some of her movies or Breathless and things like that. Not as good. She is phenomenal in this movie. It's just the plot. And I don't know, maybe it's like a docu kind of where they get firsthand accounts of her state during these three days in this movie from the main three people. Because you got the chef, you got the dresser, and then you got Sir Godfrey or uh, was it was his name? Sir Godfrey? I yeah, can't Sir, remember. Uh, Timothy Spall. Timothy Spall. So I'm wondering if that is where they get the first-hand account of what her state during these three days was, or was was this a right reoccurring state that she was in? And that was the only thing I just don't believe some of the things that they profess in this movie. Well, That's, it's not supposed. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, I'll let you finish. Um, that, but okay, we know the documented. Um, eating disorder we know that's documented so that i was all uh, you know now in the 80s were they did they have medical documentation of depression and anxiety that's what i want to know back then that's part of the movie that's not her performance what she is given on the script in the script she knocks it out of the park i mean absolutely destroys whatever lines whatever I mean, she she's great. I, mean, I I don't think Kristen Stewart has ever been better in anything she's ever done, and that's why she's in the Oscar conversation. And she's like that that close to Jessica Chastain for me. And I was going to say, and Connor, I think you're about to add that as well too. Is that that's probably where the disconnect occurs for me? Is that this is, as Pablo Lorraine said, a fable. As the actual poster says, this is a fable. This isn't exactly what happened. This is conjecture, conjecture because we know that she didn't take the kids. Uh, her two boys, Harry and William, to away from, um, oh, was it Sandringham House? What is it? Is that the estate? Oh, that's right. Okay. Yes. They didn't, they didn't, she didn't, she didn't take it. All that last part did not happen. And I think everything they're, con they're they, he is con conjecturing. Is that the conjecture? Conjection? He's put, he's, he is, Pablo Lorraine is basically just saying this is a alternative history. What could have happened? What, what, uh, a happy ending for Diana of a of a princess that is trapped within a castle, and that's where the allegory to me comes in of like what I couldn't connect with, not what happened to her, but how they went about it in a way that just felt very um, cold. The allegory felt cold. I got it, and it was kind of on the nose, but it did not click with me in the sense of like they had so much symbolism and symbolism and symbolism that I only connect with Diana in one moment, and that was when she was with her children. But Connor, do you, <clears throat> excuse me, Connor, do you, as someone who praises this film and loves and adores this film, for you personally, what clicked with you in this film? Is it the aspect of the fable, or what did you see about this that was so um, uh, enrapturous in your eyes? So to take Dan's point, um, there was a really good interview with uh, the writer, Stephen Knight, where he says that he um, took first-hand accounts from uh, lots of different people who worked within the uh, palace. So the staff, all those scenes oh, wow. where you see rumors and gossip, he used all of that and created the film around it. Um, so yes, absolutely, there's no, uh, there's no basis in reality. It is, uh, as um, Manning was saying there, it's a fable. Um, I forget the tagline. Is it a fable of a true reality or something? Or... Ooh, I'll look it up. Mm -hmm. But you're right, uh, that's a fable important. of a fantasy or something. So yeah, it's not designed to be accurate. Uh, I have a friend who uh, was who came out of it and was like, none of it was ever even real. And it was like, well, it doesn't have to be. But that's that's where we get into the whole debate about biopics or biopics or however you pronounce it. Uh, how accurate do they have to be? Um, 
side note, I saw King Richard last night and I was quite impressed by how accurate it was. Um, it's far too long, but that's a whole different podcast. If I, if you ever do King Richard, I'd love to talk about that. Oh, what um, do we do on King Richard? Yes. Oh, for mm, sure. I really liked it. Um, but yeah, got sidetracked. Sorry. Um, okay. uh, in terms of Spencer, I completely lost my place. You're saying about how it's um, uh, uh, the biopic and how it talks about the biopic or redefines it. So, so yeah, it, does, it doesn't exactly have to be authentic. It doesn't have to be real. Um, in my eyes, there is an um, artistic license to be had when you're telling a story and you're using a character. But of course, the ethical conundrum there is they're a real character. You could have You could have used this uh, the same kind of story as a basis for fictional characters. Um, you know, The so Crown, we're going to get the second half of Diana on The Crown season six, where Elizabeth Debicki is playing her as an an older woman. Obviously, um, Anna Corrin, Karen, Corrin, Karen? Emma Corrin. Was amazing. I mean, amazing. Yes. And so was the, what's his face as Prince Charles? I think we're going to get really into the meat and potatoes of Diana's relationship with Prince Charles in the crown season six. This was kind of like a little nugget of that. These three days was like a little nugget of that. And I, I, I really thought the three days really were effective, how they, how they moved the three days, uh, Connor. And, uh, I thought it was a uh, she went from day one to do to three. Except for that, just one little thing. Are we gonna, are we doing spoilers? Are we in a oh, second? Yes, I'm pretty yes. Sure. I, I'm pretty sure we're doing spoilers, but I wanted to make sure. Like um, Connor, were we going to interject first before Dan was going into the spoiler territory? Uh, no, it was going to continue with the spoiler territory. So we'll okay. So we'll stick a warning on. Let 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 the floodgates open. Go ahead. All right. Well, my thing is unbelievable. <laughs> my thing okay. is, Connor, I just don't believe this whole thing with the other. Boleyn girl and Boleyn in the book mm -hmm. and all this stuff. This, this, this yeah, dreams I, and stuff. And she's seeing like ghosts of Anne Boleyn. I just can't buy that. I did not buy that whatsoever. Everything else in that movie, I bought 100%. I just can't. I'm, I'm in complete agreement with you. The Anne Boleyn stuff does not work. Uh, not completely in, in principle. It completely works. Uh, you've got Diana and you've got Anne Boleyn, who are both martyrs. Um, but yeah, the execution was not. The execution was not uh, on point. And that's what all. I was going to say. Is for me um, before I do want to get into some of the positives because I I do have positives as well too. I'm not saying it's a bad movie by any stretch of the imagination. I think it's a really well crafted film. The crafts are spectacular, ranging from the cinematography to the costumes to the set. There is amazing intention from Pablo Lorraine. He knew what he wanted to do in his direction. I commend him because he had a vision and he went with it. And I can't say anything bad. Well, I can't say things bad about execution, but from his vision and the standpoint that he had. You, I, 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 if someone swings and they misses, I give them full credit for swinging when they could, when they missed. Even if, in my point, if they're swinging and they're going for, they're going for a home run and they get like a double or maybe even a single, they tried and I give them massive props for that. For me, you're right. That's where, to me, the movie gets bogged down in its over reliance of symbolism. To where I did not connect with. I said it was the one scene with her kids. That is the one time I connected with her. And the only reason I connected with her further was with Kristen Stewart's performance and just being able to have that almost this 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 um vulnerable Diana. We got to really see her. A lot of the close-ups that we had and the intention behind that made me connect with her. I wish that I had more time because we focused so much upon the anxiety and having that feeling kind of uh, uh, displayed. Because basically it was a display of what it was like living in this house with them for three days. And we got to see that side of her. But we didn't get enough sides of the warm uh, uh, person that she was. Because she is was a vibrant um, – she was a vibrant and deep human individual with lots of depth. And I wanted more of that. I don't know if it's because – uh, I just watched The Crown, and I've seen lots of stuff with Princess Diana, thanks to my girlfriend, because she's a huge Princess Di fan. I, myself, 
just wanted more of that. And maybe that's just me as a, as a viewer. I have particular tastes. And the way that he went about it, he got so caught up, Pablo Lorraine, in my view of the symbolism. And yeah, he we had the Anne Boleyn girl. We had the pearls. We had the actual place itself. We had the clothes on the... Um, um, uh, on the scarecrow, there was just so much that I feel like we could have spent more time with Diana and her interacting with, with I guess, other individuals because it felt like the sole purpose of these individuals was just to console uh, uh, Diana or to combat her, which I guess at the end of the day, that's what he was going for. And I don't fault him for that. He had that direction. It just did not connect with me on an emotional level because everyone felt kind of very thin uh, from character standpoint. They had one purpose and that was either to make food like the chef was uh, for uh, Sean Harris, who is great, by the way. Um, Sean Harris is great. The acting in of itself, I will not fault whatsoever. Um, Timothy Spall's character, to which we find out later, I believe he put he did put the book um, there. Mm -hmm. Spoiler alert. Um, I just and then Sally Hawkins in a very much her role. I don't know the moment they were they she started imagining her there, and it's like you're really and they started to imagine the Anne Boleyn girl. That's when I was starting to have the issue of like. So what are we trying to imply? Is this just the fragility of her mental state where she's seeing this? Because I don't know. It's a very artistic license, but then you're getting the idea of like, okay, so are you, what are you implying with the Diana that she's now seeing things? It's just kind of like a very artistic, is this very artistic driven? I don't know. The movie just had so much to say and so much to stuff in that to me, it got lost on the fact of who Diana uh, was just instead of just a feeling that she had, if that makes any sense whatsoever. I don't feel like no, I makes complete sense. Uh, I'm uh, I'm not in disagreement at all. There, uh, I think it does loses itself uh, as as it's going through. Um, I would say that it's very difficult of a film that wants you to uh, connect with all these intimate close-ups of Diana mm -hmm. and Christmas Stewart as Diana, of course. But um, but it wants you to be completely claustrophobic uh, yes. and make her feel that she's in this. Um, establishment, this gargantuan building that is so cold, so many rooms, and she feels lost. So it's difficult to try and get both the feeling of tiny, uh, how that tiny feeling, um, and the claustrophobia. So um, yeah, it definitely kind of, I liked how it balanced the two, but it definitely, uh, it does seem that they clash, the two clash. Mm -hmm. So you think, so Connor, just to dig into that a little bit more, when you were saying that it worked for you, you enjoyed that direction. And I think the end of the day, it's just the direction that Pablo Lorraine took it, um, that it is over-reliance on the symbolism that really disconnected it for me, but it connected with you personally. Um, what stood out about this movie in particular um, that put it above, as you said at the beginning, this in uh, Titan, um, why this movie in particular? Mm -hmm. um, I have a very strong personal connection with uh, eating disorders. Um, from my own personal context, uh, I was my mother's carer for five years and she has bulimia. Um, it's one of the reasons why I became a chef is because mm -hmm. I wanted to learn how to cook and I wanted to um, oh. kind of help her cook. I mean, she taught me how to cook, but then I kind of took it further and now I've I'm kind of cooking for her now and again, kind of thing, helping her out. But um, one of the, that's the personal connection to me. So with Princess Diana's eating disorder and how she's kind of, she purges herself. I mean, and the symbolism of the purging itself was actually really, um, really moving. So uh, how I viewed it was that Princess Diana with her eating disorder she would uh, regurgitate, she would reject the establishment that she's in. And I really enjoyed how the film framed uh, that kind of gluttonous power over her uh, as something that her body just fundamentally and her brain fundamentally rejects. Um, I really connected with that. And uh, mm. the scene where she's um, kind of gorging in the kitchen and she gets caught. Uh, I think that was the turning point for me where I was like, oh, you know what? I'm like, I'm really invested in this woman's struggle with fighting uh, her eating disorder at the same time uh, as um, the kind of the powers that be, so to speak. I lost my trail of thought, sorry. 
No, but I was going to say, speaking of that, um, especially the poster, which we all I know we were all raving about in context of the movie. I know this has been said before, but specifically it's it's very it's shocking to see what the poster was. And then ultimately the image that we see of her um, purging, as you said, purging herself over the toilet. And that's especially because you think, oh, she's just crying in the poster. No, there's something that is a deeper meaning in that. I do appreciate something like that. I don't know if that was intentional or not, but that was a really interesting visual that we were able to get with the poster. And I I do appreciate that immensely. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, like obviously where she crunches down on the pearl that's a great scene. Yeah, great scene. and when she when she swallows it, um, I was really uh, taken by that scene, um, for a reason that my brain has now just disappeared. While you are remembering that, Connor, oh, did you remember it? I'm trying to. It's okay. Take your time trying to remember that. Um, the thought about the pearls, but I was going to add quickly before I ask Dan a question for the pearls. I love that scene because that was when the symbolism worked because the pearls were constriction. They were literally a constriction of her and the royal family trying to, I guess constriction and claustrophobia are like the words of the day in this, um, in this Spencer movie, because they were literally trying to hold her back. And the entire time, obviously she really didn't break the pearls because she's seen the scene when she breaks from the dream world of her reality as she's Mm -hmm. viewing it. And I love the use of the score there. That's when it, to me, it plays the most like a horror film. Maybe other than like the house, you know, the the, the house situation. But this yeah, is I when... mean, it's basically it's basically a ghost story in a haunted house. Yeah, it yeah. it it comes across like that as well. I think at times, and that's the best sense of it because these people are judging her the entire time, staring at her. Um, mm-hmm. And that was probably the best use of symbolism in in my in my view. The allegory of her being constricted and trying to break that, and ultimately destroying and chewing on the pearls themselves which i think was beautifully haunting um Mm -hmm. but uh dan for you when you saw this film this movie is of course it drowns itself in symbolism or it makes itself or it floats itself with symbolism depending on your uh preference um for this film and spencer when you saw that scene the one about the pearls um and you saw a lot of the other instances of symbolism and allegory how did that connect to you as a viewer uh, what was your standout or detriments when it came to that? It was cringeworthy. Um, it was literally cringeworthy. I was cringing watching it. And I'm like, oh my a God. A good cringe or a bad cringe? Bad. I mean, I, I was cringe because I felt so bad for her, but the pain, you could tell the pain she was in. Mm-hmm. She, she wanted to lash out at them so much that, oh, I'm going to chew the pearls. I'm going to break the pearls. I'm going to just show them that, God, I hate them. I, you know, and, and that table, that, 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 that dinner scene was just, I mean, the, that score by Johnny Greenwood. Oh my God. It kept ramping up and ratcheting up. And it's like, and all those scenes that she was having, the the anxiety, the depression, the eating, you could see the score just go. And then when none of that was going on, the score just kind of, almost went away in a way it went real low but almost went away in a way and it's like it really did feel like a horror movie i mean you made a very good point there i didn't even think about that you know it was a it she was in a horror movie herself what she felt like she was dealing with and then for camilla to be at the church and it's like she doesn't need to be reminded that he's not in love with her she's he's in love with somebody else and that no matter what she does, it's not they're gonna be good enough for them. And the only person the paparazzi are after is her. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's one thing after another for her that she's dealing with. And it's just, and it really is a horror movie. I mean, Pablo R- Lorraine really kind of crafted this film as like a horror movie. A three-day she was in that haunted house, that um that, yeah. that manor that I forget the name of the um uh, the house that she San, Sandringham House. I've been. It's really nice. Yeah. Oh. Uh, is, is, is this... It's open to the public. It's not like a oh. privileged thing. <laughs> no, you can literally, that. you can literally go in and visit. You know, and I love oh. how she gets, she gets lost, and she needs help, and and they're like, it's like this big deal that she gets there after the the queen, the the queen, and she gets to the mm-hmm. dinner, the, the 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 family portrait after the queen, and 
it's like no matter what she does, it's never going to be good enough for these people. So as someone who has not seen Jackie full, full stop, um, and I, have you guys seen Jackie, correct? Mm-hmm. I have. I don't really remember it. It didn't really connect with me. So well, okay. the, thing, the thing about Jackie is So I was just going to ask, compare. How do you how do these compare for both of you? If, well, if for your call cuz I know it didn't connect with you Connor Jackie, but for Dan, how about you? Oh how did that compare? God. Natalie Portman. Oh my, what a portrait of a just damaged woman who who was just damaged by what had happened and 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 how just she just it, she just went into a state of depression when that happened cuz I mean, they were they were like, okay, people I don't know, Manning, you know, you, you should know this. The Kennedys are like the royals of the United States. The yes. Kennedy family, they're like our uh, uh, Windsors and, and whatnot. Any of the Kennedys, any, you know, plane crashes or Chappaquiddick. Or, I mean, this is the, Oof. this is our royals. And how Lorraine, it was, it was so prophetic that he would do Jackie Onassis and then he would do Diana Spencer. And they're like, they're kind of like parallel pieces of art together of two women, women who just were just unrelentingly tortured by paparazzi, by their what their husbands were doing, and how and they just loved their children. And, and no matter what, how much they tried. It was never going to be good enough. And it's it is very prophetic that he chose to do Diana Spencer after doing Jackie Onassis. These are parallel films. They really I, I recommend watching them both back to back again when they're on if you get them on either streaming or uh physical media, Blu-ray or 4K. And uh because you you believe, oh my god, this is so because it was five days. She, Jackie was five days. She was dealing with the the death of her husband five days after. The so death. the movie frames that in five days, correct? Yeah, yeah. And then this is three days of her at Christmas um, during a family gathering of, and she's just ostracized in this family. Yeah, she, it's, like, it's basically the it's basically the opposite. So um, Jackie frames it five days after the assassination. And um, Spencer is framed three days uh, prior, uh, probably a month prior, because it's a long process. But before she divorces Charles, yeah. So obviously, Charles is obviously Charles. You got the look of Charles like it was. It's over at that moment, right? That last look I mean, of it, Charles. It I don't was, think he has much choice in the matter there. Huh? No, he didn't. I was gonna say he yeah, didn't have much choice. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I guess you're right. He was, it was, it was definitely over. So then I, what I was going to add along the lines is I want to take a second to give, I think we're all in unanimous praise in Kristen Stewart's performance. Yeah. I think we are all in unanimous. And I think most people who see this will be like, because the first thing I thought of besides like, wow, I'm sad. I didn't love this movie was wow. Kristen Stewart really knocked it out of the park. Truthfully. She basically, one thing I wrote in my review that I wrote is that she begs your attention. She begs the viewer's attention because if you don't look that she will disappear completely, she will disappear from view and she wants you to look. She's begging you to see her because the Royal family does not see her. And Mm -hmm. with that, I think that that is just a beautiful sentimentality that they do and that she brings. And while I don't think the, 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 the character of Diana is written to be incredibly uh, rich or vibrant as I knew that she was. What is going on in this film? She is, is I I kept forgetting that that was Kristen Stewart personally. And I just kept thinking this is Prince Diana. Same thing like with Jessica Chastain when she was in uh, the eyes of Tammy Faye, which I, I really like as a movie, but I love her performance more so than anything else. The movie's okay, but the, she yeah, is great. Yet, so it's not, I've, Oh, I've got no, no basis for it at all. Well, in this, Kristen, uh, Jessica Chastain disappears into the role of Tammy Faye, where I was like, that's another time I was like, oh, wow, this is just the character of Tammy Faye, who is a really, for lack of a better term. I don't, I don't know who that is. I, I know uh, of the film, but I don't know who Tammy Faye did you, is. You ever heard of the term televangelists? Nope. Okay. Ah, uh, big thing here in the States. <laughs> the home of televangelism, right where Manning lives, North Carolina. North Carolina. Uh, it's religious people 
that get on TV and sell people the word of God for money. They're yeah. called televangelists. I can't think of anything worse. Yeah. Oh, yes. People are bad. No, no shade on religion at all. Uh, my issue with religion is the whole uh, push your beliefs onto others. Agreed, and I they did that too. They did that too. No, no, they they they. What they did was they basically were like, "Hey, we're going to utilize. We're going to basically take your money uh, to fund our lives." And you can see that through the excess that they got. And it's it's a really fascinating dissection of these two people and how you know the old term. um, Oh, what was it from a a House of Lords? Someone it was a power corrupts absolute power corrupts absolutely. And they basically may have started off with pure intentions, but they just basically just you know they ruined themselves mm-hmm. and ruined so many other lives because of what they did um, yeah, that was uh that was my tagline for uh a film i saw at venice actually oh <laughs> um a film called the promises with um oh yeah you mentioned oh, that one. oh i know yeah you're talking i about never got ch- i never got a chance we didn't have much time on that pod um no. no a good little film good little film it was about a politician who uh decides to change her mind about resigning because she wants to keep going and she wants to keep the power Uh, and when i wrote my slightly drunk review uh of it it was uh, absolute power corrupts absolutely and yes so true anyway we are massively sidetracked from spencer so kristen stewart fantastic uh connor and dan uh first connor then dan Tell me your praises on Kristen Stewart because again, I think we all agree. I don't know if she'll win the Oscar. She needs to continue that momentum. I don't think I, I hate saying things are locks. I think she's locked for a nomination, but I can't say she's locked for mm-hmm. a win just yet. Um, and I think that her performance is what elevates this movie fantastically. Because Connor, I know you said that her accent, as we talked about prior, is not perfect, but it's really good. And do you think she manages to capture Diana well? So for me, her accent. Um, it's a bit rocky in the first few minutes. Um, whether or not that was just my own perceptions and my kind of um, acclimatizing to her, um, but it was about maybe ten minutes in. Just you kind of get lost. It's it's not Kristen Stewart anymore. It's Princess Diana, and you just kind of forget to to focus on the accent. You just kind of embrace it. She just becomes becomes diana as much as i'm aware of what diana was like i cannot say for certain oh she becomes diana i wasn't born at this point in her in her life i was an, i'm a 94 kid so uh in 1991 i wasn't even a glint in my dad's and mom, mom and dad's eyes um but from what i have gathered from uh images and the occasional video she does seem to uh, exhibit the same mannerisms um i am well on board that i really loved her performance um in terms of accuracy i'm not in any shape or at liberty to to say oh yeah she completely invokes the essence of diana i'm like when i read that i'm like okay did you know diana (laughs) and it's like it's like i would uh i would uh go with that if it was a review from harry or William, or someone who was personally connected. Mm. It's it's like, I think it's a it's a common trait in reviews of biopics. It's like, oh, you become the person. It's like you didn't know the person. You performed the idea of them very very well, but becoming them, you didn't know them to say you became them. Like tangent. Sorry. No, that's actually very. <laughs> perceptive honestly because i I actually used that in my review i used that she had become she had become she well she had became she had became become i don't know she was diana in my mind and yeah that's very true there was there was no shade there was no shade at all oh no no no, absolutely but you're right because we don't know her we know who she was from the videos we've seen from the books we've read but we don't know her as a person you're right so i guess the better correct I guess the better thing is from the public perception of who this person was, we saw Mm -hmm. they transformed into this person uh, to the point to where we forgot that they were the actor. They disappeared into the role of what the public perception was of Diana. I think maybe that would be a more fair, um, I would agree, fair description of it. 
Um, so yeah. Dan, for you then, you had mentioned prior about her Oscar chances, but for you, the performance you had mentioned and given some praise. And I think we can all, again, are all in agreement of just the phenomenal work that Kristen Stewart did. Yeah. I mean, I grew up with the, with Diana and Charles because I saw the wedding. It was like the, the oh, greatest wow. thing in the face of the planet at that time. It was just a gigantic thing, like at eight o'clock in the morning or whatever it is. And it was this giant procession and this giant like whole thing that was going on and so it was just a constant on the news on the morning shows we got these morning shows in america that and then we got tabloids and you see them on the tabloids and so you're you're inundated with the royals all the time so you don't know them but you just feel like you know them because they're on Mm -hmm. every cover of every magazine they're on talk shows when Queen Elizabeth comes to America, then Charles will come to America. So you get the cameras, you get the paparazzi. Like it's like they're they're a, a movie star. Charles, yeah, and it's, it's cele- the vo- the royals are celebrity culture. Yeah, like, and so that uh, Timothy that Chalamet, has- sorry, Timothy Chalamet fans, um, love yous. You're overwhelming because you think you know this person, but you don't. Um, it's uh, um, uh, Scarlett Johansson fans. Like, yeah, she's a good actress, but the people who uh, praise her as the second coming uh, of actresses, she, uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I know what I'm trying to say, but I'm not getting it across. Um, it's more... It's okay, you got it, Connor. You got it. <laughs> so what oh, I'm trying... I hate my what brain. I'm... I hate my brain. What I think you're trying to say is that they don't really know who it is. Even if they're, they're massive fans, they don't truly know. They're, they're movie stars, and you see that persona. Is that what you're saying, or close to it? The, uh, yeah, kind of, mostly. Mostly? But, okay, well, correct me if I'm wrong in the next little bit. <laughs> all right, but the bottom line here is this, guys. This is a three-horse race. Whoever, I mean, unless somebody... Wait, like, three-horse? Three-horse race. I still think this woman right here... He's uh, got a shot, but I think the, the only on. other person that could sneak into this conversation is Nicole Kidman. And if you looked at that trailer of being the Ricardos, she's not even in the trailer. They're hiding her. Are they waiting to spring Nicole Kidman on us? Or is she that bad? And then I'd... we stick to this three horse race. I, or is it a two-horse race? I think I it's would a two-horse. Say two. I, 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 if Jennifer At Hudson is nominated... moment. Yes. If she's nominated, it's going to be more like a, we really like your performance, ta-da! Um, but I don't think it's going to... I, I don't think it's going to translate personally for me because I've already forgotten about her. When you said three-horse, I'm like, who in the world is the other person? Oh, I could be wrong. For all oh, we know, they could, com- they, could complete, they could completely push her at the last minute and be like, Hey, say, look at respect. She is. I was going to say that's the first time we've actually mentioned the movie. She there. is a for the audience. They've got no idea what we're talking about. She is Aretha Franklin in respect. I mean, to me, Jennifer Hudson is Aretha Franklin in respect. That's. I know it's not about Spencer, but I think. I mean, I think people would be uh, amiss if they weren't including her in the conversation. That's just my opinion. But like I said, a little bit for Jessica. Then, then Kristen, then J-Hud. So what I was going to add, because we have to wrap up right here now, is final thoughts. Connor, what was your overall impression? Give me into words. We have a, wrote a fantastic review. Tell me your final thoughts on Spencer. And as a film, you said it's the, your best of the year. Where does it rank so far on, on, on you know, your plethora of everything? Um, it's, it's, at, uh, it's at the top. But I know it's November, and I know there's a whole lot more movies that I want to see. Um, I really connected with it. There's a lot of issues. Um, I'm under no illusions about uh, the illusions that Kristen Stewart sees during the movies. But um, um, but yeah, I I really dug it. I enjoyed all the allegories. They're very on the nose. But I'm a simple person. Spoon feed me. Um, <laughs> um, I what I especially liked, I never got a chance to mention earlier, was the fact that everything kind of has a dual meaning. So 
Um, she is literally hemmed in by the organization, uh, by the Windsor family. Uh, when the curtains get uh, fastened, tied up, um, sewn That's together, um, and the clothes themselves that she's forced to wear are like straight jackets in this massive like asylum building, um, and yeah, like, call me an arty pretentious person uh, for it, but I I enjoy uh, diving into a movie and looking at dual meanings and going into all of that. Um, I enjoyed it as a character piece of a woman who wants to uh, get out of constriction and the cyclical nature that she's stuck in. Um, but when I left, it was like, oh, yeah, that, that was really good. And I spent two days just going over it and over it and over it. And mm-hmm. in my head, I was like, you know what? I've, I'm really enjoying thinking about this movie. And it's just stuck there. It's been about a month now, and it's just it's stuck there. Mm-hmm. I, I I like that. I like a film that gets under your skin a little bit. Those are the marks of a good film when it can stick with you, and you keep thinking about it for good or for worse. Even movies that I haven't liked and I keep thinking of over and over again get better over time because it hasn't left my brain in a good way. Like I have, I'm mulling over it. But Dan, what about you? What are your final thoughts on Spencer? Yeah, it just a um beautiful shot movie great cinematography yes. great set production Clarematon. oh makeup, is fantastic makeup and hair styling good i love the you know the dampness and the coldness of that what that yeah. england in that time of year where you see the the fog coming off the grass and you see the the cold everybody's wearing coats and it's the way you could feel the weather and that stuff was shot just so beautifully as a, but it also mirrored what she was going through, the dampness, the coldness, the the miserable kind of weather that that was going on at the time. Or in, Connor's from England, so he knows how damp and cold and, and 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 crappy it can be at times. But she was kind of going through that. So talk about mirroring mirroring things. Great points about the 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 drapes and the clothes. Oh mm-hmm. my god. It was just such a big deal about the dang drapes. It's like, give me a yeah. break about the freaking drapes here, guys. But um, yeah, I mean, it's just a great movie, but it really, the her performance is what just makes this movie a four-star review for me, um, where other people, you know, have played biopics and people and they just, oh, the movie's just stunk, you know? So mm-hmm. it tells you, you got, you, Lorraine's, He's got this this kind of thing going on where he's got this path, this 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 road that he's been going down. Jackie, now this, and it's I, I, who's going to get do next? That's, I'm looking forward to seeing what his next movie is going to be. Uh, I, would, no. I would like him no. to go into more narrative features rather than factual. Um, what else has he done apart from Jackie and Spencer? I'm kind of I'm drawing a blank. Ooh. Yeah, I gotta go. I gotta look that. I forget. I forget what Here. else he's done myself. Uh, I'm looking at that right now. He's done no. I don't know Wait, what that Jackie is. Was his, Jackie was his debut. Wait, what? What is a... Uh, no, didn't he, he? No, he did no, which is a uh, co-produced historical drama directed by Pablo Lorraine. Uh, yeah, no starring... Uh, oh, Gail Garcia Bernal. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he did that, and that got a U.S. release back in 2013. So that was his... Was that his directorial debut? I don't know. Wow, he's on a good track. But yeah, um, yeah, if that was a historical drama, I've never heard of that. Um, yeah, then I, he obviously likes his history, which is fair news. If you find your niche, embellish it. Go for it. Agreed. And I guess my final thought to Spencer is that I wish I loved it more. This was my most anticipated film of the year. I was gushing over that trailer. If you all heard me on the podcast, you knew that I was gung-ho um of it and i just wish that i loved it more and that kind of sad saddens me but i also should have looked up and see what pablo lorraine style was before i jumped in and i'm not looking for a traditional biopic of the paint by numbers point a point b i respect the vision and i just wish we had more time to understand diana the character instead of fixating upon the feeling that she had but that's just my preference and the fact that it didn't speak to me is mine at the end of the day because i i am in the minority of not loving the film or at least liking it. I respect it more than I like it, if that makes any sense. Um, 
uh, the, res- the respect away, the vision. Yeah, you're preaching to the choir about respecting but not yes. enjoying. And I just wish that I might, I'll give it a second chance when it comes out. Oh, it is out here, but I, there's a lot of other movies I got to catch up on too. When it comes out on streaming, I'm going to give it another chance because it deserves it just from her performance alone in my mind. Is it great in my mind? No. But I, again, y'all disagree with me and that's okay because I think the best reviews or the best thoughts come from films from people who disagree and respectfully disagree and tell each other why a movie worked for them. And I'm glad it worked for y'all. And I maybe it'll work for me on a second viewing. We'll see. But Kristen Stewart's phenomenal. And oh, that cinematography, I want to do, I do want to highlight that temporarily because you are absolutely right, Connor. That cinematography, Claire Maton, is it Maton or Maton? Dan mentioned it. Dan mentioned it. Oh, Dan mentioned it. Okay. I never Dan got a chance. But uh, okay. yeah, Dan mentioned it first. So it's the Claire Maton or Maton? I can't remember. Is it, how do you pronounce it? Uh, she's French. So we'll go with the sharp T, Maton. Okay, Maton. So Claire Maton's cinematography is just has this beautifully soft, but also ghostly appearance to it, and I just want to highlight that it's so good. Will it get nominated for cinematography? Maybe. It depends I, on how if good. It doesn't. I'm gonna riot. Oh God, no, Connor. Please no. Um, I don't. Category this year, guys. It's a tough category in cinematography this year, especially. So maybe yes. if they really, um, who we'll have to really love. We'll have Spencer. to do. I was gonna say, Manny, we'll have to do a podcast on it. But what would your top Let's say three B films for cinematography this year. That are going to get nominated or that I believe to be the best? Believe slash should be kind of all-encompassing. Oh, uh, Dune. Dune cinematography is just like this. I adore. Um, I think also from what I've seen, uh, I might put Spencer on here. I don't know yet. I need I, Off the top of my head, I need to just like think on... Um, but if we're going on merely just what's been nominated or what could be nominated, I think it's I think it's Belfast. I think it's Power of the Dog. Um, yeah. I don't think necessarily those are Green Knight. Green Green Knight. Uh, that no is great cinematography. Chance. I don't think it's going to no get nominated, chance, but I love the no, Green Knight cinematography. Not, but I mean, it's some of the best of the year. It's fantastic <laughs> cinematography. Um, off the top of my head, I'm trying to recall some of the other ones that we have going for it, but. I can't. I, I'm just. I'm. I'm. I'm blanking at the moment. Um, Alley, Nightmare um, Alley or whatever it's called. What was, um, Nightmare Alley looked great. I haven't seen it yet, but it looks uh, great. Yeah. The the Joaquin Phoenix movie. Um, come on, come on. Come on, come on. Looks great. That's another one. They uh, love their black and white. Yeah, they do love the black and white, but their black and white film is going to be Belfast this year. Yeah, this is true. Good point. Good point. You're you're no. absolutely right. Um, I'm trying to think of what else I. I just is. I. I would, be so happy. If Titan got nominated for best cinematography, cinematography, really? It's never going to be, but I would be ecstatic. I think one night in Soho is another one. I mean, that would be amazing if that could get into cinematography, but it ain't getting into cinematography. It ain't getting into anything, probably. Mm -hmm. You know what else we're gonna say? The tragedy of Macbeth. That look out for that. Oh, there's three black and white films this year. There are three. Yeah. So look out for one of those. We are, one of them's at least making it in. That's that uh, well, hundred percent. It's going to be Mac, uh, Macbeth and that Belfast. So there's two guaranteed. Spencer and Power the Dog. I think are also. I hope and then eighty Dune. to eighty-five percent locks. Actually, I'm Definitely looking at my predictions right now. I'm looking at predictions right now. It's Dune, Tragic Macbeth, Belfast, Spencer, Power of the Dog. That's the five that I have right oh, now. There you go. So. Yeah. So Spencer's got a legitimate shot. So it does. If they love the movie, if they love the film and they're like, Hey, we do want to give this more than just Kristen Stewart or like costumes or something. We want to give this something more below the line or even above the line. I think that Spencer has a legit shot, but we got to wrap up now uh, because uh, I'm going to have to skedaddle in the next few minutes. Um, So uh, Connor, where can the people find you? Thank you for joining us here today. Where can they find your fantastic review for Spencer? And of course, where can they find you in particular? Uh, well, I am a Calbody on Twitter um, and Instagram, but Instagram is mainly for my foodie stuff. Um, Twitter is my uh, weird ADHD ramblings. Um, and uh, in terms of the Spencer review, it is on a website called CineChat, which I was lucky enough to uh, to write for. Uh, and I'm very proud of the review. So. That's what made me want to bring you on because I, I did I did see your review and you did very well. So um, also we had a disagreement at the podcast and I wanted to dive into that even more. So mm-hmm. I'm glad you were able to come on here last minute. I know, but thank you again for joining. Um, and Dan, where can they find you? 
Well, I write and for your a great list. review as well. I, I literally was looking at your review. You sent it in the chat a few minutes ago. I want to say another great review you guys should check out for Spencer. Yeah, I write for a website called disappointmentmedia.com here in Orlando, Florida. But I do have a blog called from the fourth row.wordpress.com where when I don't write for disappointmentmedia.com, I write on my own blog. And that's why I posted my review of Spencer in our personal chat here so these guys could read it if they were interested. If they want to you know talk about something i wrote in the review um yeah and i do a couple of youtube shows too They'll, they're on hiatus till next year um but all my name dan skip out on facebook twitter instagram pinterest yeah i do pinterest what the hell <laughs> that's the spirit dan um and you can find you me on linkedin as well you got a linkedin give us that linkedin dan letterbox letterbox oh letterbox, of course, of course. yes uh, letterbox you can come and uh, argue with me over my disappointing rankings of films that's what they're at the end of the day that's what letterbox is isn't it it's a disappointing ranking yeah, of films well. people will disagree with um but it's you can just, find it's me, just a diary <laughs> yeah exactly you can find me at twitter as at twitter at twitter twitter um, what is my accent today you can find me at twitter at cine underscore man that's c-i-n-e underscore m-a-n-n as well as reviewing uh movies once a week or maybe every other week for wfmi news 2 here in uh, north carolina and the triad area as well as you can find me here hosting gone with the wind you can find us on apple podcast spotify wherever you can get your podcast including anchor um, there are lots of other ones, but I can't think off the top of my head, as well as Take 3 Productions' YouTube channel where we have the audio there. Uh, again, we'll do some uh, uh, possible live ones in the future. We'll see. But thank you guys again, Connor and Dan, for joining us. This has been a review for Spencer, a movie that we have thoughts and opinions on. But don't we all for almost every single movie? But this one I'm glad we were to talk about because we had stuff to dive into, and I'm excited about that. Uh, thank you guys again for joining us on this review for Spencer, and look forward to our next review with... Gone with the wind.